standing at Eden Park. And the first try! McKenzie, space again, gets the pass away for Lambertie, and he'll pop to Oh, welcome along to the All Blacks podcast. Still on the road here in sunny Mount Monganui at the Mount Sports Club. 1923 was the date of establishment with myself, Jay Reeve, and Roundy, Rob Dunn, how are? Good, mate. Good, mate. I think we're getting into our work here now. We are. We're really starting to find a bit of flow here, and obviously being uh, the home of New Zealand Sevens, it would be rude not to get a couple of the lads on. Uh, we've got Scuzz, Scott Curry, and Sam Dixon. How are we, lads? Yeah, good, thank you. Thank you. Uh, which is probably just to climb straight into it. Um, First there, congratulations in order. Can we say that? Well done. I mean, does, does it feel like a bit of a shallow victory? Was there some unfinished business? Did you really want to hammer home a, uh, a couple of solid wins to, to prove that you are the all-being, all-seeing dominant team within the competition? Yeah, it's, um, I guess it's a bit of a funny one, really. Like, no one would have seen a, a global pandemic ending our season, but... Um, yeah, we're, we're pretty proud of how we played those first six tournaments and, you know, to get, I think, three, three victories um, across six tournaments was pretty cool. And, yeah, we were playing some, some good sevens um, and that was obviously the plan uh, going into an Olympic year was to, to start hitting our stride and it was all sort of coming together. So, yeah, a little bit frustrating the way it ended, but I'm still, yeah, proud of what we, what we achieved. Nice to see you really supporting the local cafe culture here in Mount Monganui once it's once it all sort of got knocked on the head. What are you doing now that it's not done? Is it just all uh, lattes and uh, cheer cheer puddings? Well, we're supposed to be on leave for six to eight weeks, but um, a lot of us are getting back into club footy, playing a, uh, a bit of club footy. So almost everyone is, apart from maybe a couple of the old dogs, Timmy Mickelson, from the beat up, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, playing club footy, getting back into it and uh, seeing how that goes. What's it like going from sevens to fifteens? Because, I mean, obviously you've, you've been in this mixer for quite some time. How different is it and how good is it to be playing club footy? No, I love it, to be honest. Um, you know, after match functions, you don't get in the sevens <laughs> anymore, apart from maybe once a month. But, uh, yeah, every weekend and just seeing all the young boys as well. And my, my team personally is pretty young and get, uh, just going, uh, getting off their energy and... Um, it's same with a couple of other AB7s boys in our team, just getting back to you know where it all began and having a bit of fun and trying to remember how to play 15s. Because Sammy, you're out the, uh, well, an old, uh, pretty handy 7s player in himself, out at the uh, Rangiri Academy with uh, Tanarel Latimer. Like, you enjoying it out there? Like you say, it's actually, if I'm right, uh, Rangiri are playing Tapuki this weekend, which is the biggest ticket in town. Like, um, because Tupuki have been strong for so long, but Langiulu are um, you know, starting to put together quite a good side. Is it, uh, there's a bit of, be a bit of buzz out in Kiwi Fruit Country, wouldn't there? Yeah, well, um, so I've heard over the years it's a pretty big uh, match, and I think Rangiulu's been battling a little bit lately, so it's going to be a big game. And um, yeah, good old Tanudo Latimer's uh, player coach, and hopefully he'll be able to play <laughs> for us again in, in the locks. Slotting up locked in here or something. Yeah. <laughs> when is he, he going to hang up the boots? Like, uh, to give it, he was, I think, slightly younger or the same year as me at school yeah but a him. completely superior athlete oh, 100% <laughs> I mean he's, he's, he is he's like an upside down pyramid he's almost yeah. wider than he is tall uh, and, and from a team that was traditionally made up of um, freezing workers to now having uh, most of well, you know the, the, the playing elite of the area playing for him <laughs> he's, a, he's a pig of a human <laughs> um, do you notice the differences obviously coming back into the 15 game do you miss that space of sevens to show a bit of razzle dazzle, yeah, it's it's very different. Like um, it's been a long time 
since I've been out and played played any 15. So um, yeah, definitely an adjustment. There's a lot more bodies around, and um, yeah, I guess you get in a bit of a mindset when you play sevens just to get up and start moving as fast as possible. And are you um, tired after 15 minutes? Because that's because yeah. uh, you play <laughs> sevens for 40. So at the on, 15 eh? minute mark, you're <laughs> poked. <laughs> <laughs> Tired <laughs> after two phases. Yeah, no, it's it's good fun. Yeah, it's real cool. Like Sam said, um, just going back to the grassroots and you know seeing why guys turn up to Tuesday night, Thursday night trainings. It's freezing cold and raining and that, and that but they love it. So yeah, it reminds of why you play the game, I guess. If we had to take it back to, I guess, how you first got into the game, Skaz and uh, Reaper Raw, uh, famous, a hotbed for leadership. <laughs> And large necks in uh, the New Zealand <laughs> rugby fraternity. Uh, was seven, when did sevens sort of pop up on your radar? Um, oh, probably not until I was at university. I uh, went to uni in Palmy for five years. and his a two year degree? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something along those lines. We'll leave Diploma of culture. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dip egg. Um, yeah, what were you studying? Um, no, I did a, a Bachelor of Science and then I did a postgrad teaching diploma. Ooh, so okay. Secondary okay. teaching. Um, guess got, got that in the back pocket for later on, um, which is nice. Um, but yeah, I, it sort of sort of sprung up there. Yeah, I was playing under 20s for one or two and uh, Titch happened to be watching our game and just mentioned to our coach after the game that I could you know, be alright at, at sevens if I gave it a crack, so I took that on board and I guess never looked back from there, made, made my first camp uh, 2010 and then and went away with the team later that year, so yeah. Just absolutely belted into shape, Boy, how terrifying were, <laughs> the, were those days when you came from university footy into, into the world of hurt that, that Titch is famous for? Yeah, I, I remember sitting down at the first camp and him saying like, this will be harder than any tournament you play and <laughs> I guess that puts things into perspective pretty quickly and it, it, it probably was to be fair. Um, you know, back then there wasn't much in the way of GPS or anything about loading or anything <laughs> like that so it was just, you know, whatever he felt like we needed, um, we did. So yeah, it was pretty brutal, um, some tough sessions for sure. Sam, you? Um, yeah, well, my, my story's pretty random, actually. I was just playing club rugby down in Christchurch and then sort of got called into um, Canterbury ITM Whiters, but that's stacked full of All Blacks and Crusaders and the Lucy, so I didn't really have a show there. And then I got put on a dollar contract, um, me and Chid Brown, just to sort of hang Lucrative. around. <laughs> <laughs> An actual dollar. Um, <laughs> just to hang around the unions so other unions couldn't get us. And then uh, Tabai Manson, the old... Canterbury coach said oh, it'd be a good idea to go and see how you go at sevens. I come up here for a camp, um, never playing sevens in my life really and had 21 mil sprints on <laughs> out on a hard mount track <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, with all these guys, all these superstars, DJ, Tomasi and Lossie and all that and uh, yeah, thrown at the deep end, beep test, <laughs> phosphate, skills, um, full on week of getting absolutely pumped and uh, Luckily, I sort of had a bit of an aerobic base, so I could keep up you know, off the running and that, and skills was not too bad, but um, yeah, she was a shock. Mate, and they, what, did they sort of lock you down with a $5 contract and that was job done, was <laughs> it? Is that what happened? Or? Oh, like 50. <laughs> he tagged me on for a little bit, and then somehow I made the first tournament, and then uh, blew my hamstring out the day before the tournament, so um, I thought my career was over, because all the big dogs about to come back from my of 10. And uh, then he said I had a contract for a year, so um, yeah, stayed loyal to the sevens, kept it on. I guess the thing that, that Sammy bought when he came in was the aerial skills and yep. 
probably changed the game a lot, really. Like, because um, you are dual international on my research shows with the uh, yeah. representing New Zealand at AFL, so you brought that to the table, you know. Yeah, that helped a lot. Just, <laughs> as I was saying, um, just because yeah, I played a bit NZ AFL and it was it wasn't nowhere near professional, but it was semi-professional type of stuff. Minus no money at all, yeah. <laughs> paying your own way. But uh, that sort of culture of you know training hard, getting pretty fit for AFL and yep. the aerial game. I brought that into sevens, and it helped a lot. Was there ever a thought when you kind of were in that fringe of uh, Canterbury to go, I might just go and have a crack at AFL over in Oz? Because those guys are on moonbeams over there. They make absolute drug money, don't they? <laughs> well, the top guys, top guys do. Um, Oh, yeah, in the International Cup when I played for New Zealand over there, um, I got called into St Kilda's box when we went and watched them. And uh, and then they found out I was 22 and they started laughing. Um, oh, really? I just said, no, you're way too old. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, me and another young fella. But, yeah, they obviously wanted us really young. And there's actually a uh, local boy, Kurt Heatherley. Have you heard uh, of him? He played yeah, for yeah. Hawthorne for yep, years. He, yep. he played when I Played for New Zealand and um, he was a couple of years younger, so he actually ended up cracking it and awesome, successful AFL player. It was just to go, it's not even that long ago because what are we talking when you uh, made the cut for that? That Titch was still working here in Bay of Plenty at Bay Engineer Supplies, he had a desk, he had an office. I don't know how often he was there. Uh, mm. Had a, had a very good friend of the, that owned the business, um, Matt Elliott will attest to this. And then he was saying that he was part time working, then part time coaching the most successful. New Zealand Sevens franchise to, you know, well, the most successful franchise of Sevens globally for, for quite some time. As a player, and with, with him just wanting to absolutely run you into the ground, how much has it changed and how quickly did it change once, it, once he sort of got the reins of it? Um, yeah, I guess he sort of just had a few things that he knew worked and they worked for a long time. Um, I guess... He'd been coaching for, I think, almost 20 years um, oh. on the team. So, um, and he knew what had worked in the past, and it had worked really well. But, I mean, the game evolved um, in the time that he was around, and it got a lot more structured and a lot more detail-focused. And, and to be fair to Titch, probably didn't stay up with that side of it. Um, he was good at uh, creating athletes that were really mentally strong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, because of the, some of the stuff you had to go through. Um, and, you know, that's definitely true. And, and you see some of the guys that have come through uh, his regime um, and they're, they're really mentally strong athletes. Um, so that's something he really, really did really well. Um, but, yeah, probably just didn't keep up with the, the detail and, and that side of it once the game sort of evolved. Is it as, you know, there are so many tales about Sevens training, whether it's under Titch, whether it's somewhere else, under someone else. Like, is it, a, is it as nightmarish as sometimes is, is put across? Like, uh, is it a goddamn movie scene where you boys are rolling around on the ground at the end of it? Like, because um, I've got in my head some pretty uh, dark places you have to go to in some of the toughest sessions. Is That's just the reality of the job. You need to be able to absolutely run at 99% for 15 minutes. Yeah, I mean, come tournament time, usually more with touch would be... Uh, most of us would be holding on just <laughs> on the edge to make, just to make the tournament. <laughs> and then we'd have to and back then usually he had a, probably a, a good eight or nine players out of the twelve that he had just you know, completely pump and played yep. most of the minutes. So if you're in there eight or nine, you had Hammered. a big big job. And then usually if you didn't 
win that tournament, we'd go to the next one the next week and then get pumped that week <laughs> to try and work on what we didn't quite do well. Um, and then play another full tournament. So by the end of it, yeah, your body's just in complete bits. And, <laughs> uh, yeah, just trying to hold on and get through it, basically. Yeah. What's it like having everyone here centralised at the mountain? Pretty great place to be sort of based. I mean, not that there's anywhere in New Zealand that's terrible, but I'm, I'm assuming that if there was to be a, a facility in Bluff, it probably wouldn't be as enjoyable hmm. as being here in Mount Maunganui. Well, Make a difference. Now that TY shut outside of that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it should, sure. be, um, yeah. should be pretty tough. It's great to be, I mean, obviously, with, you, know, you know, from being down south and, and from, uh, from <laughs> I mean, Rapparoa is a great place, don't get me wrong. You know, this is probably your beach that you would have come to as a kid anyway, maybe here at Whakatani, but having everyone here and, and having this, has it made a difference to the team? Has it lifted the level? Yeah, 100%. Like, being centralised is always um, going to make massive differences to what you could do and what you could achieve as a team. And I probably under touch, it probably couldn't happen, to be fair, like, like Sammy said, we were holding on, and that was only after, you know, a week camp before we flew out, flew out, and then two weeks overseas, and you know, sort of bodies screaming for for a rest. So it probably couldn't happen under under touch the way we train. Um, so now being centralised here is it's awesome. You know what we can achieve over, you know, the course of a month before a tournament is is massive. Um, not only on the field but off the field as well. Is it? Have you noticed the uptake? In terms of whatever you do, whatever New Zealand does, whatever the ABCs does, is then replicated globally. Do you just watch people pick you apart, film your stuff? The girls have said that you know people would literally turn up and they'll do a warm up, and then at the next game they see those warm ups being replicated by the other team. So they're thinking about throwing in weird little things to put them <laughs> off, you know, like wheelbarrow races or something, just so, so it looks like they can uh, see who's actually copying them. Have you noticed the same thing with the other international sort of teams? I guess with Tomasi Tharma and Clark Laidlaw, they're pretty world-class coaches, and especially Tomasi, he's come up with some real good moves and ideas for the backs, and it's funny, we're always trying to evolve our game and stay on top, but yeah, some teams do pick up on things we do, and we're the same if we see another yep. team do something that we think is going to work, then we'll... We'll uh, take that into consideration as well. Who are you watching as a team? Like, who are you sort of going, well, they're actually doing some pretty slick stuff now that we need to... Because it's always been you guys at the front. So now that there's other... Now the other nations are really starting to pick up on it, who are the, who are the teams that are really starting to stretch their legs a bit in the game? To be fair, you watch everyone. Like, you, s you sit down over the course of a weekend and they've got the TVs going, whether it's in the change room or in the dining hall. Um, so you're sort of always watching the games and, you know, you play six different teams across a weekend so you get to see six different teams within one weekend so you get to see a lot of sevens um, and you pick up little things from all the teams really like whether it's a little line out move or or a scrum attack move or whatever it is you can pick up little things everywhere you go and it might be the way some team defends or, or something like that or you know Fiji the way they offload um, South Africa traditionally are pretty good defensively so there's, yeah, there's heaps of things you can pick up, um, and yeah, it might be from Wales of all teams, and it might be just doing something pretty sharp that you just pick up. Be nice to see those other nations getting into it, though, like the likes of Kenya. Obviously, when they first kind of came on the scene, it was almost, you know, like it was like going to get good on them, give them a crack, and see how they get on. And now they're a force to be reckoned with. Really big, strong, powerful, talented lads, and it's. You know, that could be a way uh, up and out for a lot of people over there. So you'll see the, the numbers really starting to grow. And as probably more and more coaching staff roll through these systems and then disappear into these different parts of the world, then 
you'll see that improvement. Yeah, absolutely. Kenya's been up there for years since I've been yeah. on the team. Um, I remember they've beaten us in a semi-final Wellington in 2013, yeah. so they don't remember that and that hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, now they've got a Kiwi coach as well, so they, they're doing even better in the structures and I think having a bit of a problem with their rugby union, you know, with the stuff behind the scenes, it's, it's cost them a little bit lately. Um, but yeah, they've definitely got the players. And that's got to be probably... Um, one of the most exciting things or one of the toughest things as well is about the circuit is you literally go to a tournament these days and there is, what, five, six, seven teams that, that could win the tournament. Like, you really have to turn up and be on your game over the course of two days to get the job done. Is that is one of the big drivers of that being that gold medal, of it now being an Olympic sport and therefore a bunch of countries have taken it more seriously, added more resource to it, etc.? Has, has that been a driver of that? Yeah, I think so. It's definitely changed, you know, a lot in the last sort of five, six years. The, I guess professionalism around it and, um, you know, a lot of teams are going centralised and, and stuff like that. So that sort of thing makes a massive difference in terms of competition. Um, you know, it's, it's hard as a player because every game you're sort of on edge. Yep. You don't know whether you're going to win or lose. Obviously, you're going out there to win, but, you know, a couple of tries either way can swing a match pretty quickly. So, um yeah, it's, it makes it tough as a player, yeah. um, but it's, it makes it awesome as, you know, as a spectator. And even us watching other teams, it's, it's always exciting, you know, whether it's the bottom team on the circuit playing the top team, you know, you're always sort of on edge until the last couple of minutes of the game because you never know which way it's going to go. So, What is the preparation like? Obviously with 15s, you got a weak lead into it, you got more people on the paddock that are covering more positions, that have got more jobs on, but when you guys go into a weekend, like you said, six games over a weekend, it's... That's a lot to cram into your head, and it's a lot like intense concentration for a very short period of time, and it's pass or fail pretty quickly. How do you? What is the process in setting up for that? We we usually do most of the hard work back here out on that field, um, and then we fly out on a Sunday, and then we usually have a pretty chilled week following up to the um, tournament. We have one training on a Thursday where it's real high intensity, seven on seven no contact but just real high intensity running so you get a good blowout and then we usually do a preview for the first three games in our pool and uh but we really concentrate just on the first game and then um from then on our coaches will do a lot of the previewing and then we'll just have a little clip before the game look at that and go out and warm up mate and what's for you lads because you know as i said on the last potty there's um we watch with a little bit of an uneducated eye. We just know that you guys are very, very fit and very, very fast. But like, what's your roles out there? Like, what what is actually your role within the team? What are you trying to do to help get the lads over the line? Yeah, I guess um, every individual in the team has a, a certain X factor that they bring to the team, and then I guess it's the coach's job to sort of put together a group of seven or twelve or whatever it is that have a right balance of certain X factors so that you can, you know create a team that's going to win tournaments. Um, so for me and Sammy, a lot of it's around getting the ball back, so kick-off time. Yep. Um, it's a massive area um, in sevens that's that's It's crucial, eh? Like yeah. if, you can, if you can dominate kick-off time, dominate position, yeah. um, you're halfway there. Even, yeah, like set-piece, like scrum and line-outs has, has changed a lot, even in the last couple of years, uh, the contestable side of it. Yep. Because um, everyone knows them, you know, in sevens, if you've got the ball, it's a heck of a lot easier than you yep. when you don't. So, um, for us, that's probably the main area of work on that we we try and work on is, is you know having possession of the of the ball and then 
you've got your X-Factor players um, that can create opportunities and, um, yeah, we give them the ball, they do all the hard work. Unselfish. Fast, just the fast guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We don't have anything. We tackle. Yeah. <laughs> tackle, yeah, that's the other part. <laughs> Mate, and who is, um, you know, unfortunately it's not an Olympic year this year, but hopefully it will be next year. Who are the boys who you're getting the ball to? Who are the ones who have been and ripping it up and, and um, you know, when you give them the space, the time, the opportunity, um, they normally are able to get you boys points? Uh, we've got a lot. Yeah, we've, we've been lucky <laughs> pretty, this year yeah, in the squad. Um, I'd usually pass it, personally. Sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's my job. He's got a pretty good gooey, though. <laughs> 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 Caleb Clark, he started coming oh, to his uh, own yeah, end there. Yeah. Yeah. Blues winger. Um, yep. Yeah, he really... It was bad timing for him with the whole COVID thing because he's really becoming a world uh, winger. Uh, we got so many... I don't want to name them all, but yeah. Yeah, that's hard. You don't want to miss people out, but... Okay, yeah. give all it a nudge yeah, if you miss something. The whole back line, basically. Yeah, yeah. all the backs the are sharp, backs, man. Yeah. Like, real sharp. And even some of the forwards, to be fair. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's always nice when you look up from a set piece and the, the backs have done a, some set piece move and they're just running through untouched. It's just, like, sweet. Wander back to halfway and prepare for the next kickoff. Have a breather. Have you noticed, the, have you noticed an increase in the amount of talent and the, the strike power and how people are setting themselves up for, because like you said... Just the numbers even. Yeah, yeah. you went you 15s into, into sevens. Uh, now, obviously, people are specialising at sevens from a, a very young age. Are you seeing that paying dividends? Are they coming in, you know, effectively at a similar level to where you guys are now and not having to go through all the growing pains of developing? Um, yeah, it's hard. We don't really have... A, uh, you know, the development pathway in sevens is... It's not the best, I don't think. Um, still you know, out of 15s a bit, is it? Like yeah, it's sort still of a lot tap out of 15s. Um, you know, guys in, out of Mighty 10 Cup, um, uh, a lot of the guys out of under 20s and that sort of stuff. So coming into sevens environment, it's still a lot to learn in terms of sevens. Um, I don't know what you think, Sammy, but it's sort of... Yeah, the last few years we've been pretty lucky. We've got a... Um, Sort of like a part-time development team that has yep. started mm. up. Yeah, um, that's helped actually. a lot, and yeah. they come and train against us, and then the top few boys will come and train in our squad for a bit. So that's helped a lot. Yeah. But like other countries, like South Africa, they have a full-time academy sevens sure. academy team. So that's pretty hard to come up against. But yeah, mainly Mitre Ten Cup and um, nationals and stuff. Our one tournament of the year. Uh, nationals. Yeah. South Africa have a like a development team. They send to tournaments all around the world. Yeah, and so if guys are coming back from injury or development yep. players, they put them into that team, and you know they're competing against some pretty sharp invitational teams um, that run alongside the the World Series tournaments. So I think that's something South Africa has done really well in the like development of their their players. Are they running probably the better cutter out of everyone that's on the on the circuit? Are the Americans now starting to tip some cash into it. Palms always buff around a bit of money as well, don't they? Like. Um it's a tough one now, especially with COVID. Yeah, so much. It's all over the shop, yeah, isn't it? Big time. But yeah, South Africa had been running it pretty well, and England. But then, same with even the England Rugby Union before COVID, there was a big. They were possibly going to pull the whole sevens team. Sure. So, um, yeah, we we've got it pretty good here. To be honest, mm. we can't complain. Yeah. We've got the high performance centre. Um, yeah. We're looked after really well by the rugby union, so we can't complain. Is there a bit of Oh, obviously we can't travel at all. But have you had chat with other guys from other, you know, other parts of the world that are interested in coming into this fold? Because if you're wanting to be the best at something, then you want to train with the best. Do you get a lot of internationals 
sort of shoulder tapping you and coming into the mixer here, or is it she's pretty uh, locked tight, safe sort of scenario? Do you mean New Zealand internationals? Or? No, I mean into the, like people from other countries. Say for example, Americans going, well, I, I'm going to focus on being a sevens player. I want to come to the New Zealands sort of side of things. Uh, not really. Um, not. I haven't noticed it to be honest. We if you. Um, different athletes coming through and having a look and seeing if it might be for them. Um, but in terms of internationally, not too many um, coaches more than more than players probably. Um, I know, you know Clarkie's pretty well connected around the world, so I know yeah a few coaches come through the environment and try and have a look at what we're doing and how we do things and you know, what he's done since he's been here. It's been yeah, it's been pretty good. Like in terms of centralising and, and running it like a, a professional team, because before you know 2016, it wasn't really. It was it was pretty you know it's pretty semi-professional, um, really. So now we're full time and you know centralised. It, it's changed a lot. Yeah, well, that's not that long ago, eh? 2016 is yeah, not no. that long ago, no. uh, and it's almost. I guess you're in the you're in a sweet spot of your career at the moment. What is the, what is the thought process for once you finish up playing code? Are you going to look to make the transition into coaching? Are you going to dust off the registration of the uh, the teaching degree and see if you can get back and <laughs> put on a um, put on a one of those sweet colourful ties with Tweety Bird on it and become a science <laughs> teacher somewhere? <laughs> I have to brush what you do. <laughs> <laughs> I have to brush up on the science knowledge. It's been a while, it's been ten, ten years since I've done anything to do with science, but. Yeah, I guess it's good having that there. Um, I enjoy working with kids and like coaching and that sort of stuff, and we get the opportunity to do, to do that. Um, so yeah, definitely something along those lines. I think teaching or coaching, they're pretty pretty similar, I guess, in a lot of respects. So yeah, I think I'll probably go down that pathway. Sam, are you going to give back to the game, or are you going to maybe just really sharpen up those AFL skills and <laughs> see if you can get a, a few younger members in there and start clipping the ticket he's, when they make some big money? Too old at 22, his body <laughs> hasn't gone fucking forwards for since yeah, about 40 now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm uh, looking towards uh, professional golf. I've put enough time in, but I'm this still not going to Post career plan, eh? Golf. <laughs> do, what do the boys get? Do the boys get? Because everyone loves to swing a stick uh, in, uh, in the rugby. I guess fraternity is it not too dissimilar in the AB7s as well. It, for years, when we first started, not really. Eh? It was no. a one-off in Dubai when we got hooked up. We'd go and take the advantage of it. But now lately, there's a few of us that gone into it big time. Um, Tupuki, shout out to Tupuki Golf Course. Um, they <laughs> yeah, hook unreal. us up. Yeah, they've been great with us and good people out there and a good course. So with that out there, we get out there quite a bit. There's probably about four or five of us, and then on tour. We sort of made it a tradition this Wednesday, year that yeah. every Wednesday the day off we'd <coughs> go out and play a round together and every time we played we seemed to play pretty well. Um, so we like to keep that tradition alive. No one here to fact check that, <laughs> even though Clarkie doesn't like no, it. No cards have been handed in so we'll just say yes. <laughs> uh, I know there's a big gaming community in the, in the ABs, is it the same in the ABC ones? Are you actually a bit more active relaxers as opposed to sitting there in front of a TV and with a headset on and yelling at 12 year olds on the other side of the world? <laughs> I think a few of the younger boys are into it. It's, yeah, I think the older fellas, not so much. Um, yeah, it's probably more of a generational thing, I think. Um, guys that are, you know, early 20s are definitely a lot more into it than, than us guys anyway. Um, so, yeah, not, not really. Golf and property development only here at the <laughs> Mighty Mount Wanganui. Surfing, yeah. yeah. Now, you lads, you've been lucky to play in some big tours, especially now, old dogs that you are, but you're... Um, <laughs> 
you know, firstly talk. <laughs> <laughs> well, are these right. uh, your, your words? No, <laughs> your words? No, fair maybe enough. not. Uh, yeah, I'll enough. get my coat. I'll get my coat. But um, you know, firstly, you know, probably one that was is sticks out in the mind because it was more disappointing than success. But went to the Olympics in 2016, which that in itself, I can't even imagine what an amazing experience that would be to go along and be surrounded with some of the world's best athletes in the village and the only ceremony and all that sort of stuff. But also, you know, just didn't didn't work for you guys, that tournament. You weren't able to get the result you wanted. Anything that sticks out um, with those memories on the good and the bad, was it, um, you know, too much of a circus to concentrate or, mm-hmm. or was it... Um, I'll go for the good memories. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, myself and Scuzza. I was going to do that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, stuck around. with only two to stick around, actually, mm. after our tournament. Um, nice. I think we had, like, 10 days of mm. memory. Yep. You're done remember. early on. don't yep. remember most of it. But um, 10 days <laughs> until the closing ceremony that we had to awesome. go and experience the whole Olympics, um, cheer on the other Kiwis and go and see Rio. So we took advantage of that and had a great time and... And then, yeah, but we're sort of drowning our sorrows more than celebrating. <laughs> you can That's take it. Yeah. Yeah. Short ball. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it was a pretty unique experience, eh? Like, in the village and that, you're sort of wandering around and you walk past, like, Riff and Nadal. It's just like, shit. Wow. You know, obviously, he's getting swamped for photos and that because he's, yeah, yeah. he's one of the big dogs, but it's pretty crazy. Like, they had tennis courts in there and they've got, like, the top tennis players in the world are just practicing on them and you just wander past and and watch them practicing or after we finished we went and watched you know USA play France in basketball and watching volleyball on Copacabana Beach and, and that sort of stuff it's pretty unique experiences that you know you wouldn't you wouldn't change so although the you know the, the actual tournament for us didn't go as planned um, I guess looking back on it as a whole experience is, is still pretty positive. A great place to make an absolute piggy yourself and like you said, sort of <laughs> push the decompression of uh, what happened uh, to, to when you get back into NZ. What is that process? When does everyone get together again after that? And uh, that, that was that the was, thing back yeah. then. Uh, it was kind of just sweep it under the carpet and try and forget about it. Mm. Um, yeah. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, we just, because <clears throat> everyone came back at different times. Some guys went into 15s. Some guys were having time off. Um, yeah, some guys going to Super Rugby, all that sort of stuff. So, our program had a complete. It's pretty. Um, what do you call it? Reset or yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Of the, yeah yep. So there was a lot of stuff behind the scenes going on yep. at that time. For you fellas, though, like you're lucky enough to be involved again for the Com Games in 2018, which you know managed to completely flip it around. How important was 216 and the learnings of that? And and you know because we're chatting off here beforehand, the series itself. If you win the series, it probably is a reflection and you're the best team because, you know, it's performance over a long period of time, multiple of tournaments, and surely by the end of it, whoever's got the most points at the end is the best side. Mm. But for Olympics, comms games, one-off events, you know, that you've got to peak for, you need a bit of good luck, bit of good management, bit of good luck with injury, those sorts of things. How much did you learn from the Olympics um, versus being able to take that into a couple of years later? Um... I think one of the one of the things we learned around around Rio was, especially in the lead up, it felt like everyone wanted to make it for them, like everyone wanted to make the team for themselves a little bit. Um, not that they were being selfish, but it was just like I desperately want to make that. Just team want to go to the big to dance, the, yeah, to go to the to the games, and that's probably one of the one of the big things we learned um, around being connected as a team versus like I need to make the team, need to make the team for myself in a way. 
Um, so that's a, a massive thing we took out of, of 2016 is just that connection um, and something that we've put a mo massive focus on uh, for our team going forward. And I think it's made you know huge, huge difference in, in being able to peak for tournaments like the Com Games and, and the World Cup in San Fran and that sort of thing. Um, having a mo massive focus on that in the lead up to those tournaments because we know that guys are probably focusing on that that goal to make that team. So bringing it a bit back to being about connection as a team, um, yeah, definitely helps, I think. And do you take that with, uh, I guess, when you've been around the likes of, um, like Deej, he's always seen as a strong leader and a, a big ball bearded beast that he is. <laughs> um, it's still, still an incredible nick and pushing it through. Did you take your, I mean, in terms of a leadership approach, do you take much from him? You want your own style? Do you run things pretty similar, fairly differently? Um, <clears throat> no, I, so, I sort of bring you know myself and, and what I do um, to the role as, as captain. But you know, something I learned a lot from Deej is, is around that leading by example. Like he didn't he didn't speak heaps, um, and neither do I, to be fair. But um, he always led by example on and, and by his actions um, and. If there's one guy that, that is playing well and if there's one guy that's doing every, every little detail, it was him. And so that's something I learnt from him around, you know, leading by example. And for me, it's, it's the best way to lead, anyway. Was it, was it him that greenlit the, um, I don't know, began big on the social calendar in Auckland around about November when the carcass is in pretty good nick? Uh, Fashion Week pops up and there's an, <laughs> there's an opportunity for the boys to hit the, hit the runway. I could imagine that if he knocked that on the head, then it was never going to go ahead, but... Was he pretty quick to put his hand up? Because apparently when they mentioned it, your hand was halfway through the air. Before, <laughs> before they'd even finished saying it, you were like, yes, thanks, I'm in there. Um, no, I missed, I missed out on the first one, to be fair, actually. I think um, it was in that first one, Gillies, Timmy. Uh, Deidre's Sherwin. definitely in there. Sherwin, was it? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's going a while back now. Yeah, it is going a while back now. Um, yeah, Deidre's always keen for that, though. <laughs> so, he's running a pre pretty good rig to be fair And he's still going well for himself at the moment I think <laughs> You boys though it does It's interesting to hear you chat about it Like everyone always talks about culture and how important it is But it obviously um, It comes in different shapes and sizes Like the boys love a sing-along I know the Māori and Pacific Island boys have got good voices You know a couple of white boys like yourself Do you hold <coughs> your own in the sheds when it's sing-along time Because it looks like it's a huge part of the team culture at the moment You boys up the front there? You're, yeah you got to pick your spot, spot in the huddle. <laughs> <laughs> can't, be, can't be me, Sammy and Timmy next to each other. <laughs> you got to pick your song too. Depends yeah. what song it is. Yeah, yeah. There's some tough ones out there. <laughs> <laughs> Tongan Samoans ones, Fijian ones, wow. Yeah. Some yeah. tongue twisters, eh? Yeah. But no. boys, um, like I, know it's, I know it's really uncertain at the moment, but firstly, um, you know, any, any hints, any inkling, any chat around maybe towards the end of the year or even early next year being maybe some Oceano stuff, maybe being some international, oh, sorry, invitational type tournaments here in New Zealand. Um, anything, um, once you've got this 15s charade out of the way <laughs> for you uh, to work towards, you know, once you get off leave and back into potentially um, training for sevens again? Yeah, I know they're, um, they're trying to get an Oceania tournament off the ground. Yep. Um, so it's probably dependent on borders and all that sort of stuff. Um, and the Red Bull Ignite tournament uh, that yep. they've run the last couple of years, I think they're going to rebrand that um, and try and, you know, soup it up a little bit, um, get a few of the AB7s guys involved, um, yep. try and do like a NFL-style combine, um, bring the, you know, a bit more excitement to it. Yep. Um, so that would be pretty cool. 
um, and have it sort of towards the end of the year and get guys that aren't playing Super Rugby to, to get involved. And I think that could be quite cool. Um, you know, go down the, um, maybe sort of like Super Rugby clubs, something like that. <coughs> um, so have a club competition versus the provincial cool. comp. Um, so something a little bit different. Um, and I know Red Bull's come to the table with um, the Ignite uh, model. Um, who's, um, if we're yeah, combining. I was going to say, who, who, who's looking, now who we want to know. Who's the combine? Who's, who's <laughs> if we're... worst night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it really yeah, does shot Hitler in a combine. Have they got, yeah, have they got yeah. some sort of aerial <laughs> test for you, mate, to like dominate? Or uh, <laughs> like if we're, uh, if we're putting money on the table. Mm. We're putting money on the table. Who's, uh, your, who's your 40 metre sprint man out of your team? Who you reckon's got that? Either. Maybe Nige. Yeah, maybe Nige. Narohi, McGarvey Black. He's pretty quick. Yeah. Um, Bronco? Yeah. What about Bronco? Andrew Newstub. Andrew Newstub. Oh, yeah. yeah he's is, he up there, is he up there? 430s and better sort of carry on, is it? Or even yeah, lower? Lower. 20s. Oh, my yeah. God. 14s, yeah. Yeah. Tim Mickelson still Tim runs Mickelson. a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Kurt Baker. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking yeah, of, and speaking of combines, in terms of the uh, personalities, who are the biggest pests in the team? You mentioned Kurt, Kurt Baker. Baker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Number one. That's, uh, that's the easiest question of the day. <laughs> Can't wait for him to retire. <laughs> <laughs> he seems to be hanging in there as well. He just doesn't seem not, he doesn't want to give up the ghost. Good having the boys in and around here because obviously everyone's living here. There's a few different sort of uh, outdoor pursuits you can do. I know you mentioned the golf before, but um, uh, it's Webb's goes good in the, in the hills, likes to get out there and do a bit of pig hunting. Yeah. Uh, well, he's got a f- six, seven-year-old son that's on tank diving at the moment, p- yep. peeling stuff out there. He's a bit of a madman. Do you get- Weber, yeah. <laughs> follow him on Instagram, he wants a good following. <laughs> <laughs> do you guys, uh, do you guys um, get out there and mix it up in the hills at all? Do you, have, no, you, have no. you had a crack at it? Joe's dragged me out a few times over the years, but we seem to go out in his truck, sit in the truck for 12 hours, driving around pine trees, eating... Rubbish for <laughs> getting fat and uh, never catch anything or see a couple of pig hoof marks and that's about it. And then he says, oh, I can't wait. They're just around the corner. Just keeping on. The dogs are on something. Yeah, right here. So I've never been successful. So I stick to fishing, really, when it comes to Joe Weber and his outdoor pursuits. Yeah, most of the boys are into, into something, whether it's surfing or fishing or golf or something. And like you say earlier, like the mount's a pretty cool spot to be. You know, you could be out fishing or out hunting sort of same day and get pretty good weather so the boys get out and go for a hit most weeks which is always nice. Just tough for surfing because the east coast sucks and we hardly ever get waves here right? it's a little bit niggly. <laughs> it's, it's good when you're rubbish. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are there any of those sports that are kind of off the table that you, you know like obviously if you're into skateboarding I know that um, Kurt's a really big into his aggressive inline skating, loves, <laughs> a, loves his rollerblades and that got knocked on the head pretty early doors, is there anything on a list that you're not allowed to do? Skiing, yeah, snowboarding, yeah, snowboarding would be awesome. Into that, but yeah. just too high risk. Yeah, yeah. Even the likes of you know wakeboarding's a little bit risky. Joey Weber will tell you it's it's a risky, <laughs> risky sport. He did his rib one one time. I think it was the weekend before we were leaving. Days before well, yeah. the day or the day of or the day before we were leaving, went wakeboarding and popped a rib and. Couldn't travel with the team, so I've still got the video on my phone of him trying to explain to Titch Auckland <laughs> that why he couldn't go on the plane. The team had already been picked. Then we go home for a couple of days. He went wakeboarding, blew his rib out. And then we came to Auckland to try and you tell just Titch. Near, mate, mate. Yeah, <laughs> so, like, I've got a sore rib, Titch. I can't actually come to Hong Kong. <laughs> 
How did that conversation go down? I think if, if you've got footage, we'd love to slot it. It was hilarious. <laughs> we were all up high looking down. And, uh, <laughs> I just couldn't believe it. Yeah. But back then, yeah, sort of got swept under the carpet. Well, there's he's a, a couple he's, of. He's uh, known for his great happy face and smiling <laughs> a lot, touch too, yeah. so that would have been awesome. Uh, mate. But you are, you know, not old mature. There's a couple of mature players. <laughs> Keep going back to that, really. Yeah, so what's going on here? But I was saying, like, you've managed, well, this is an unreal stat. You've both played 57 tournaments, is that right? Yep. Holy hockanui. Like yep. that is um like you say, is that just become you just becomes good habits or you're just used to getting up and thrashing yourself so regularly, um, the routine of it or or um is there a few times when you just smash the alarm clock and think, Oh my god, have we gotta go out there and do this again? That's mm. a hell of a thing, fifty tournaments. That day that sometimes that day too you start <laughs> questioning <laughs> what you're up to. <laughs> Wake up on and you're like, I've got to play three more games today and I'm in. Um, and sometimes it's tough, especially if it's you know you finish late on the on the first day and you're up early the next day and you're like struggling to walk out of bed and you're like, how am I even going to play today? But somehow you know th- few, over the course of a couple of hours, by the time you get to game time, you're ready to go again. And um, no, you wouldn't change it anyway. It's awesome. Sammy, the boys gave you a big hucker in the shoes, didn't they, for your for your fifty? Nice one. Pretty special yeah, to take a breath and look back and go, holy hock, I know I've, I've banged fifty of these out. Yeah, we, I was actually supposed to be uh, crack my fifth year at the same time as Scuzzer and oh, that been awesome. Paris, so, but um, someone got injured, so I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was pretty special, and especially us winning the tournament as well. Um, yeah, it's good times. How many, how many more do you reckon you've got in you? Does it, do you even look towards the end of a, a do you, are you just going to absolutely ride it till the wheels fall off or do you just say because <laughs> it's almost I can only I, I can only use what I could use as an example and that's like trying to back up after a big night on it and just going for that day too um, you well, know, you're, you're I've, getting I've, worse and worse I've come and to, worse I've come to the realisation that I just it's really hard for me to pick up yeah, a beer on day two yeah. after having a having a big session well Timmy Mickelson I and DJ I think DJ almost got to 90 tournaments Timmy's on 94 92, I think. 91, 92. And we oh, just we. got 50. So for him to get to that, yeah, incredible. Yeah, look, so we can't yeah. complain no, at exactly. all. Exactly. Look at someone like that, and he still turns up and trains the house down. And, you know, he's, like you say, played 91 tournaments. And we're sitting on 50, and we think, oh, yeah, nah, we've got it pretty good. We've still got a way to go to get him. I reckon he would have had it on the calendar, a handy, and now it's absolutely blown out with us, yeah. and it's going to hurt him. Like upstairs, he must be in bits. Oh, yeah. I'll He's got one more year. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit frustrating, eh? Because he, he would have cracked the Hyundai if it would have gone another two two seasons, which he's planning on doing, but yeah, he wouldn't have picked it. Well, lads, this, I mean, like you say, you don't, fingers crossed it is going ahead, but you've got that, that one big carrot that is hopefully in the middle of next year you'll be able to um, get out there and have a crack and um, getting into the Olympics. That's definitely at the moment. That's that's the big thing that you're working towards. That's what's um, when you get back off leave. That's what's going to get back on black, back out, back out on Blake Park here. Just absolutely ruining yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Obviously, we got a plan that it's it's going ahead. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, we'll be back out there, uh, absolutely in the hurt locker before <laughs> we know it. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're we're looking forward to. Trying to get better as a team, that's something we always try and do is you know, turn up every day and get better, so if we do that for another year we should be pretty sharp. And is it a bit rough, is there, is there X amount of guys in the squad training together but you only take so many away or is it that, um, yeah, what, what's those numbers? usually have t- 
20 contracted and um, trained full-time out here, obviously, and then we can pick 13 to go away, um, yep. one travelling reserve that if someone gets injured, he can get replaced in. Um, yeah, but it's pretty cutthroat. There's usually, this year, we're, why we're so successful is what helped, not the only reason, but we managed to stay pretty injury-free throughout our whole yep. squad, and that just helps so much when yep. we're you know, playing so many tournaments. Um, but yeah, it's usually 13 go away, and then there's usually a couple of injuries, so usually got a couple of spears sitting at home waiting to get the call up. What yeah. do you put that down to? Is that just the old bodies are just getting leatherier, or is it just <laughs> a great preparation, or just luck? Everything, I think. Yeah, yeah all of the above. Um, we've got you know, a nutritionist, um, S&C, a physio, um, and they all work together to, you know, get the exact numbers that we need to run out in the field, high intensity uh, numbers, stuff like that, to try and get us in best nick come the weekend. Yeah. I think we, we learnt a lot from the season before. We had a lot of injuries and quite a few soft tissues as well. So that team of physio and, and um, SNC and nutritionists and all them worked together and you know, put together a plan for the pre-season going into this year and it's obviously paid off. So, you know, Little things like that that make that help, you know, get results at the end of the day as well. Does that mean that because obviously when you you guys are really starting to ramp up when it's sort of Christmas news, you get a little bit of break over that as well. You get to see all your mates going absolute bananas <laughs> at hitting R and V or Bay Dreams or the like of it. Do you get to sort of enjoy a little bit of that, or do you really have to taper your expectations on how you're going to go? Is that when the uh, Scott Curry slide comes in? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he doesn't even the show up. <laughs> Just the tickets left on the bench for no show. <laughs> no, you've got you to pick your moments, eh? Most of the boys sort of slot in a couple. that They're just like, oh, we'll go here and here. But, yeah, there's always in the back of the mind that oh, Hamilton, your home tournament's first off the, off the card uh, in the new year. So it's pretty easy to stay motivated to, to keep training. But, um, yeah, you've got to pick your moments. What's most impressive is that at that tournament, most people have bent from uh, Christmas or New Year's <laughs> the whole way through by the looks of things. Yep. 100%. And on that note, hey, lads, we appreciate it. We'll let you get back to enjoying whatever time it is that you have off. I know that you'll probably get another couple of sessions in here and quick hit a squash in the, in the uh, complex, which is <laughs> the sports club here at the Mount. But we do appreciate it. Uh, Scott, Sam. Cheers, boys. Love your work. Thanks, lads. Awesome. Cheers. Thank, Thank you very much. much.